Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. When I'm coaching, like, because I have private clients, like, I never feel like an imposter. Like, I never Mm. feel that feeling. Like when I'm coaching, I feel in complete alignment with myself, right? And that was the other reason why I wanted to take on a couple of clients before I made the leap. Obviously, it's like kind of a smart decision, but it was also like to check in with myself to say, okay, after these coaching calls, like, what do I feel, right? Like, am I exhausted? Am I drained? Am I energized? Like, and I would get off these calls and I would like run into the other room, you know, to my boyfriend and be like, oh my God, like, what a good call, like, la la la. And he was just like whoa, like this is such a different you than I've been seeing every single day, right? And it was just like so obvious that like I was being an imposter to stay in that job, Mm -hmm. right? So imposter syndrome sometimes is actually alerting you to the fact that you are actually an imposter because this job is not what you're meant to be doing. Like you have a larger purpose or a different purpose in this world to fulfill and this is not it, right? So for me, I took it as a sign and not like, oh, I'm just not good enough. Like it wasn't that I'm not good enough. It's that it's this is not, this is not my tribe. This is not my mission, you know? Whoa. So now we're getting we're getting deep now. So I knew this is gonna be good. I knew this is gonna be good. So okay. So then how can you tell the difference? Because I think sometimes people take exactly what you do and what you felt and say, like, well, that's why I'm not ready. Right. Because mm-hmm. I feel these things. That's why I'm not ready. You know, I am scared of that job, so I shouldn't do it. So how, you know, like, how do you walk that line between imposter syndrome, which is holding you back from something that you are ready for, and the flip side of like reading the signs that maybe it's not right for you? Because I think we talk mm-hmm. ourselves out of things all the time, right? It was like, oh, you know, yeah, I didn't do well in that interview, but that's that's because, you know, it wasn't going to be right for me anyway. Right. So how do you, I guess, how do you weigh that out? Is there a way to weigh that out of like, 
okay, is this imposter syndrome speaking or is this me yeah. just holding myself? So, and I think what that comes down to is really, you know, the crux of the work that I do with people, which is that you have to be super, super clear on your core values, right? Like, what is it that you actually care about in this world? What is it that you actually need in order to thrive, right? And so that's what, like, for me, it was like clearly coaching aligns 100% to my core values. Now, a lot of people, like, I think when, whenever I say values, people can probably like list off 25 values that they have, but that's like really irrelevant because it's just like too confusing and too chaotic. I force people to narrow down the, those 25 into two, but I'll give people like a head start on, on that because what I've actually realized is that there are two universal core values that we all have, right? And I think everyone can use these in order to get over, like figure out that distinction that you just made, right? Like, is this A or is this B? So the two core values that we all have, growth and community. And the way that we express those in the world show up differently. That's our own like kind of unique expression of growth and community. You know, some people are creative. And so like, that's the way that they experience both growth and community, right? They have a creative community and the way, because they're creative, they, they're able to grow, so on and so forth, right? So it's all expressed uniquely, but they oh, it always comes back to, grow, to growth and community which makes total sense because it is like in our DNA. If you think back to, you know, hunter gatherer when we were in tribes, you get exiled from the tribe, you die, right? That tribe doesn't evolve, you die, right? So growth and community, right? Needing to belong and needing to evolve, right? And so when we don't have growth in our life, we feel alone. And when we don't have, sorry, when we don't have growth, we feel stuck. Right. And when we don't have community, we feel alone, which I mean, literally the two most monumental sufferings in the entire world right and so when so when you're at that chasm that decision point use those two values those core needs in the world growth and community to make the decision right is going out on my own going to grow me am i going to find a community of people and surround myself with inspiring badass people that are going to help me grow or staying here is there opportunity to grow? Is there a community that's going to, you know, you know, help cultivate and support me, so on and so forth? It will become very clear which path is better suited for you based on what tribe you want to be a part of and how that tribe is going to help you grow. Because we're, let's face it, we're all a part of communities, but sometimes we're a part of communities that don't help us, right? Like I was saying to some of my clients today, I'm like, there's like, there's a, the best feeling in the world and the worst feeling in the world. The best feeling in the world is when you're with people and you're like, oh, I wish there was more time. I, I just want to keep talking to you, right? Like when you and I chat, right? That's how mm -hmm. I feel. Like, I, you know, it's about to be like the end of this conversation and I'm not going to want it to end, right? And that's the best feeling in the world because you know you found your per like your person and your people. But the worst feeling in the world is when you're like, when is this conversation going to I got to get out of here, right? And like, those just aren't your people. That's not your tribe. Right. And so it's so important to find your people and find your tribe because that community is what will exponentially help you grow. You can grow on your own, but you can grow way faster and way bigger with people. And I, and I love that. And I think it really does come down to also like taking action. So I want to take a step back to something else you said there. Right. Is like, I think a lot of people can resonate with what you mentioned of like, after the fact, you feel great. Like after you're working with a client, mm. you feel amazing. After you get off stage, you feel great. Like after you, you know, went for the clothes, you feel great. But it's that 
five seconds before to actually make mm-hmm. the decision that mm-hmm. most people never do. They know afterwards, mm-hmm. even like going to the gym, going to the gym, right? Going yeah. is the hardest part. Once you're there, people are like, oh yeah, this feels great. Yeah. What's some of the advice you give people to actually make that leap, to actually mm-hmm. do the things that, you know, it does, like, this is so simple, but not easy. Where it's like, you know what made you happy. A lot of people know what makes them happy. But then but it's scary. It's scary. So like, what are yeah. some of the pieces of advice you give people to actually take that step, to, to push through that fear, to get into kind of the actions they should be taking? Yeah. This might seem like exactly what I just said, but I, I think it becomes less scary when you know your values, right? Okay. Like, if you know that this decision that you're about to take is so aligned with your core values and it's going to honor them it can still be scary right but you know that it's going to be the right decision right because it's going to align right it's when you don't know your values and you're just like making a decision and you have no measuring stick of like is this the right one or not that I think the fear becomes too overwhelming Mm -hmm. right because the fear I think will always be there but it's that inner knowing that allows you to say fuck I know this is scary as hell but I know this is what I need to do. Like, I know this is aligned and I'm just going to do it regardless because I know it's going to be better on the other side, even though this is freaking scary. Uh, so I love, you just mentioned this, right? Does it ever really go away? The fear, the, the, the imposter syndrome, does it ever go away or does it just get less? Like, I don't feel imposter syndrome at all anymore. Like I really, really don't. And people ask me like, how did I do that? I'm like, well, I don't have why would I feel like an imposter? Like I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing, you know? And like, I'm living my dream. Where would I, where would the imposter show up? Right. Mm-hmm. I think the only place that it can, it can like rear itself is when like, listen, we all have beliefs, right. And sometimes those beliefs are kind of the common beliefs in the world. And sometimes they're a little bit outside of the common. Right. And I feel like for myself, I have some of my beliefs are outside of the common world, like the common kind of corporate rhetoric, right? Mm-hmm. And so claiming that publicly, right? Claiming that space to be other than what everyone else is talking about. Not that you're, not that I feel like an imposter, but it feels scary, right? It feels scary to say, actually, this is what I believe. And this is the world that I believe in. And I'm gonna be okay if you don't believe in my world, you know? Because you all, because we all want community, we all want to fit in, we all want to belong. We play, we play the fitting in game for a long ass time, but that's also when a buster shows up because you're just trying to fit in, you're not actually being yourself. <laughs>